Welcome to Conversations with Oscar Combs. In this episode, Oscar sits down with Larry Stamper, who played for the Cats between 1970 and 1973. Larry came from Lee County High School, in which he was a prep All-American, made All-State, and averaged 30 points and 29 rebounds as a senior. Larry talks about his high school days with Oscar and then his recruitment to UK. Larry was a unique player in which he played for both Coach Adolph Rupp and then Coach Joby Hall his senior year at UK. We'll hear about that transition from Coach Rupp to Coach Hall. Larry also gives us a glimpse of what it was like playing for Coach Rupp and what made Memorial Coliseum so special. I'm Bo Robinson, hoping you're going to enjoy the latest episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs and his guest, Larry Stamper. Starting off, Oscar asked Larry about his first memory of being a Kentucky fan growing up. I would have been, well, in, in 66 would have been when they played Texas Western. That's and, and that's basically the first year that I listened to any UK basketball. So, and then I came to UK in 69. So that's pretty much when you started becoming a Kentucky fan then? Pretty much. Uh, let's go into your high school a little bit. Uh, I think you had a coach your name of Heber Dunaway. Yes, I did. Tell me a little bit about him. I, I think uh, Coach Dunaway was, uh, he was really stern on, on uh, discipline, uh, uh, things that we had to do, you know, to, Compare, you know, you look back at it today to compare to these players today, the things they have to do and, and things that we did. You probably wouldn't have very many people play basketball. Uh, we had curfews. We, we had to have our hair cut. We had uh, uh, we actually couldn't have girlfriends. But, you know, uh, a teammate of mine, he went with this girl all through high school and stuff, and you'd see him in the hallways, and you'd see her one step behind him. <laughs> so just things like that that he – put that in i guess it was a discipline part that he stuck in it that would uh, help lead over that he felt that would lead over onto the basketball floor and the court to what we would do and uh lots of people over the years have talked to him and said what you know what was uh, the the difference coming from high school to college and i says uh it was a break because i said we probably practiced four hours numerous numerous times in high school being on the western end of the so-called 14th region most of the schools some of the better schools were quite a bit further east than Batavia. what was it like playing in the 14th region and and let's sort of jump around to your senior year and actually you didn't get to play a full senior year did you i played in 15 games my senior year uh and and uh, the other thing, actually, I, I didn't start playing basketball until I played the last part of my freshman year. The first basketball game I ever played in, I was in the eighth grade. And I played one game. And the reason that we played a game was the coach of the middle school, and, that, and that's when it had changed, you know, because we'd had all the elementary schools and stuff like every other county, and, and – numerous elementaries and then they built a new high school and when they did that they made the old high school a middle school so then all the students went to the middle school the the seventh and eighth grade students so we were in middle school and a guy one of the teachers bet 
the coach of the middle school team that he could pick players up that walked around in the hallways or went to school and practiced one week and beat his middle school team. And uh, I was well, one of them that, that he came and asked to do this because at that time, I, you know, my, my dad passed away when I was young, and uh, I had no way of getting home. I'm, I'm the fifth child of nine kids. And so when school was out, for me to get home, I'd get on the school bus and ride home. So after uh, we practiced a week and then we played and the student body came or, you know, came and watched us play. And that's the first game that I played in that we had kept score and had officials and actually had coaches and opposite teams. So I only did one as an eighth grader. By your junior year in high school, your name was – becoming pretty synonymous as a major college prospect. When did you first hear from Kentucky? You know, I, I, I really don't remember exactly when. Uh, probably the, the, at the, after the season of my junior year because uh, I played my sophomore year. Fortunately, we had had good ball teams, and we had some nice ball players on – the basketball teams, you know, had winning seasons all the time I was in the high school. And it wasn't because of me. It was because some of the other players had lots more experience. And, and they were nice players and and good students in school and so on. So uh, it was very interesting to see all that. But uh, after I went to the state tournament in my junior year, and I coach her up, saw them play in the state tournament, and that's when uh, lots of people, because we played in the regional tournament. And after the regional tournament, I got some letters from people. I had no clue who they were from Ohio and places like that. And says, uh, we just want to congratulate you that we had, we had heard of some of the other players on your team and named the players and stuff, but we hadn't heard really anything of you and, and wanted to just congratulate you and say, uh, we feel like, you know, maybe if you weren't on that team that you wouldn't have been in the position you were in and, and uh, good luck to you and what you do. So those were some nice things for people to say that I didn't have a clue who they were. Did you ever go to any camps back then? Uh, yes, I did. Between uh, Actually, between my freshman, year, my freshman year and my sophomore year, I went. We had uh, basketball camps in – in Powell County at a at a uh, a camp that they had set up as I guess a church camp wasn't that, necessarily Nike or Converse no <laughs> but uh, actually uh, well not maybe not that year but I've gone I went to that and uh, we we did some other things and then in the summertime we would go probably and play once twice a week the gym they'd open the gym up and the coaches would just uh, come in and unlock the doors and they'd they'd just divide a team up and let's play or we'd play against people that had, had previously played in high school then what was your first contact with somebody from uk uh, oscar you're asking me some questions a long time ago <laughs> uh you know and and that's, that's who, who recruited you first uh coach hall talked to me did he take you uh, fishing or do you take him no, fishing no no, I, we, I don't think they, they did too much of that. Uh, he just, uh, 
they just contacted us, uh, my high school coach and, uh, several people. And he told me later on that he had several people that, uh, talked to him and, uh, he, he didn't tell me about them. <laughs> he didn't tell me. And that, and that, that comes up to another point, you know, uh, my high school coach never did suggest a school for me to go to. And, and I had I had a dresser drawer, and, and I don't have one letter. I don't even have a letter from UK, and I had a dresser drawer full of letters. People said, why don't you keep them? I said, well, it was just letters. It didn't mean it didn't mean that much. It's, it's kind of like having trophies. It, it means a lot because you had to, to, to me it did, because I had to do stuff to, to, you have to do certain things. It wasn't like somebody just gave it to you for, for no reason. But it it i've got it within me i don't have to have it setting out and i don't have any very very few things setting out that where i play basketball do 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 you remember considering any other specific school or was it strictly just kentucky well i visited alabama and uh, i liked the people really well because cm newton was the coach at alabama and and uh, larry ivy was there and jock sutherland and, uh, what was Larry Ivey doing there at the time, or do you recall? Or was he still he, in school? No, he was a, he was an assistant in some capacity, a grad assistant or something. He was probably a grad assistant in sports to, information, because that's what he was when he came to Kentucky. And uh, a guy that played at Hazel Green Academy in Wolf County played at Alabama by the name of Jimmy Holland. That I, I'd Great free-throw shooter, if I remember. He, he, he was a... Well, and it's kind of unusual at that time that you would have a six-five guard too, and he—that's what he played in high school at, at, a, at a little school like Hazel Green Academy. So I knew him, and uh, they invited me to come and tour the campus and so on. So I, I did that. And besides, I also said I'm going to be playing college ball. I've got to fly sometime. So it was my first experience of ever getting on an airplane. And was that from Lexington to Atlanta to Tuscaloosa or what? Uh, I flew, yeah, from Lexington to Atlanta and then from Atlanta to Tuscaloosa. And the one from there to Tuscaloosa was a small plane. Sort of like a crop duster. (laughs) It it wasn't like flying in, you know, the way we did when I did get to UK and stuff that we, most of the time we flew on like a DC-9 jet. Uh when did you make your decision to go to Kentucky? Was it during your year, before your senior year, or after your senior year? It was it was during my during my senior year because uh, after when I turned nineteen years old and couldn't play, uh, when Kentucky had a game, I didn't go to the game because I had I had all kinds of friends in that would say, "Hey, do you want to go to a game?" Because uh, I could get the tickets and they would be willing to take me. How difficult was it to set out the last part of your senior year while your teammates were still playing to go to a tournament? That that was uh, that was something I, I I probably can't tell you the the magnitude of that because I've talked to my to to Coach Donaway several times and I said, "Oh, y'all were a pretty good why? team before you got." Uh, yeah, we were we were thirteen and three. Uh, was our record when I quit playing and uh, our expectations of being in the state tournament were were very very high 
uh, and uh, I was I was the leading scorer and leading rebounder in the state of Kentucky during those 15 games that I played in, and uh, so you know we. Uh, but there was one other player that turned 19 years old didn't get to play in the district tournament, and uh, it, it, it was probably the at that time you know it was the toughest thing that the well one of the toughest because i'd had some experiences and stuff my where my dad passed away and my grandmother passed away so i'd, I'd been through some tough times and and uh, you kind of got to be tough but uh, i knew it wasn't going to be the last time that i would get to play in competition with basketball but uh, i felt that uh, my my teammates were let down and i I thought that if we had uh, i said coach why didn't we get a lawyer or or do something to say that that uh because of not playing uh scholarships uh, because of this that you cost that 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 I, i think it could have worked and i said even if i had played if i didn't play you weren't going anywhere and if i did play we had opportunity and if they got a kind of injunction against you know the kentucky it would have been unique because it had never been done and i guess that's why we didn't do it to have uh, gone and tried to accomplish something like that because even though and your age and stuff that it wasn't like you'd set out of school or something or just said, well, I'm not going to school this year so I can play next year. And, and it just happened that it fell that way. My birthday being on January the 6th. And, uh, he said, well, we, we just didn't do it. I said, well, we had lawyers and things, but <laughs> he, uh, I'm sure it hurt at him time, in a, at a different time. You might've done that. Right. I, th- I think it, and I'm, I think it, well, it changed the next year I could have played. I mean, it, it changed. It went from, from like I said on January the sixth, I couldn't play, and then it changed from that to when if you turn nineteen the first day of school when school started, you could play every sport. So that's that's what it changed to, and uh, I'm wanting to say that another player it did this did the same thing to that was a pretty good player because I I got a book at the at the house that has. Uh, kareem abdul jabbar's picture on it and there was three players in the state of kentucky that were ranked in the top 100 in the united states and that was uh, billy ray cheatham tom Payne, and myself let's go on to your freshman year at kentucky of course back then you had freshman teams you couldn't play varsity basketball who who all was who were the freshmen that rupp brought in that year on scholarship besides you well, uh, Jim Andrews, uh, Dan Perry from Lima, Ohio, and Jim was from Lima, Ohio, too, but they played at different schools. And then Steve Penorwood, he also played at the same high school that Jim Andrews did. And then Tom Payne, but Tom was in academically ineligible the first year. He actually played on an AAU team or something, did he? He played, uh, it was called Jerry's then. Uh, wasn't, wasn't Scotty uh, Basler involved with that? Yeah, Scotty Basler ran it, and uh, Jerry's Restaurant sponsored it, and they played numerous other AAU teams all over, you know, Ohio and different places like that. And uh, I keep saying that uh, 
Doug Flynn was on scholarship to play and play basketball. Coach Hall says he was on scholarship, so I don't know. I need to get with Doug sometime and ask him that question because I thought he was because Doug likes to tell big stories on me, and I, I think that's what they are because I don't remember them. He tells <laughs> on me. So, so that team, what kind of season did you have? You Then you generally play some SEC, a few SEC freshman teams? We played most. Most all the SEC schools they had freshman teams as well. Were you very successful? Yeah, we had we had good ball teams uh, because Doug Doug was one of the guards and Panora Wood one of the guards and Perry Perry was six foot eight, Jim six foot eleven and me I was listed as six six and like I said I think I grew a little bit because I'm after that I was about closer to six seven. So that's your sixty nine seventy season. That was a 69-70 season. And, and we, we played a few teams that were not in the SEC. We went to Dayton. The, that's the other team. Issel and those guys didn't play. We went and played Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I remember that one for sure. We played them. But uh, most of the other teams were because each of the – we had, what, 16 teams in the SEC at that time. Your, your, your sophomore year has always happened back then – you usually lose a few freshmen to their sophomore year because um, you got all those returning players. Uh, how did that shake down for you guys that next year? The next year, uh, the the only player that didn't play would, was Doug Flynn uh, because there were several seniors. You had Pratt and Issel and, and, and so on. And uh, that's another thing Coach Howell and I have talked about like how many scholarships were we allowed because i said we had if we had six and he said i'm not sure he said i'm not sure how many scholarships we had then because i i got tickled at him and said uh, well people recruited people at that time that they thought if we don't recruit them, we may end up having to play against them and wish we had to recruit them. So sometimes they'd recruit you whether they really wanted you or not to a degree because it, it would turn out that if if they did that, if you didn't play and you were unhappy about it, you'd transfer and go to another school. But typically you weren't going to pick SEC school because you would lose your eligibility. If you went to another school, you wouldn't lose that your eligibility. You'd have to set out, but you wouldn't lose it. So it, it would put it to where you weren't going to be a competitor against them. So sometimes some of that happened, you know, when, when you're young and stuff and people are recruiting you, a lot of things on the recruiting category you're not uh, too smart about, especially then because of, the, you know, not knowing all the media stuff and things like they have it now. That was a pretty difficult season overall, wasn't it? which the sophomore the, year it it was it was it was a tough season uh we had uh we had a lot of expectations uh we still had some larry Steele was basically who i played behind because i i started i started five games as a sophomore he uh still broke a, a bone in his hand so i started in his place and uh i I got tickled because Coach Rupp told a story on me and stuff on it because we played the first game that I got to start at UK was at Indiana against 
Bobby Knight's team. He was coaching at that time, and he had a couple of pretty good players by the name of George McGinnis and Steve Downing that were sophomores as well. Because actually after uh, George McGinnis' sophomore year, he went to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he, he was a man. He was a big man then. He, he was strong. He was built. He could have played football as well as basketball, there's no doubt. But uh, we played them at Indiana, and, and Larry Steele didn't play, and we beat them. And uh, I, uh, I got to guard McGinnis, and fortunately for about the first 10 minutes, he didn't get a field goal. And then Coach Rupp was talking to me one day, and he said, you sure saved our bacon up there in Indiana. He said, how many points did that boy score against you? And I said, Coach, he got 26. He said, well, you didn't do too good a job after all. So, uh, but actually he was kidding a little bit on that for the simple reason is we won. It didn't make any point difference how many. We beat them 95 to 93. But I knew, and didn't have a three-point shot and no right. clock. No, and no dunks. <laughs> it was illegal to dunk <laughs> in the game. Well, you know, you, you went twenty-two and six that year. Uh, you were actually twenty-two and four. Our, our disappointment was the postseason. Was the post? We're really that's that's our big disappointment in the postseason. And uh, we played Western, and Western had, Western had a good ball team, a super good ball team. region rivals from yep. a few years earlier. Yeah, from Hazard, Jim Kentucky, Rose, Jim yeah. Rose. Uh, Jim McDaniels, Clarence Glover, from, Jerome Perry. Jim McDaniels was from Allen County. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you lost to Marquette the final game. That was to a young Al McGuire. Um, to Marquette, which game? The last game. The last tournament game. No, we lost to uh, – well, that year we lost – Marquette? No, we beat Marquette the next year. What do you got me looking at here? The final game of 71. After you lost oh. to Western, you lost in a consolation oh, game Oh, we played – oh, we lost to Marquette as well. Yeah. I didn't remember us playing a consolation. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I didn't remember that game. That would have – yeah, we got beat twice then. <laughs> yes. I mean, you had that big running streak up. But I think I think the disappointment was getting beat the first game, so that probably uh, was a major issue of that. Because the second game really didn't mean anything. Right. I, I, I would say that. And I don't think I played very much in those games. That also ended a, a two-year run that had a lot of attention on the program, and I'm sure the team, too, with the arrival of – Tom Payne from Louisville that went all the way back to the 66 game because he was the first African-American player there. Uh, was that part of a difficult situation too? You know, he had – I think there was issues and stuff uh, with some of the places that we, we went to that uh, – Are you thinking some, about particularly in the South? Yeah that that uh like getting fed and everything else in it or staying in a particular hotel and uh, i think that was it i i hadn't never been stuck in that situation it's it's really hard 
to, to imagine that, especially at that time. Being a youngster, and you don't think of that. You, you, don't, you just don't think of it. But that, that had happened, and that was really the first time that things like that had happened to us as a, as a team either. You know, was, I'm sure it was tougher on him than it was us, but it's, it's difficult for everybody. And on top of all that, all this swirling around was the fact, was this next year going to be eight offer-ups last year? The mandatory age of 70 retiring. There were some people who wanted him to stay on. Some wanted him to move on. Did that affect the team in any way as trying to keep your mind on the game itself? Well, I think so because it, at times he he had had issues and, and Coach Hall had come in and coached some of the games. As, when he was where, ill. Where he was ill and – some of the some of the players looked at it different. They, uh, you know, they were dedicated to Coach Rupp. They, Coach Hall was trying to get everybody to kind of buy in to to him coaching and different things like that. And it 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 gave mixed emotions between players and and the coaches themselves with with other assistants as well. The '72 season, twenty-one and seven. Had a couple stumbles early. He lost to Indiana, Michigan State. Indiana in Louisville. Michigan State was at home. This had a good run in the SEC tournament, but you were nearing the end of the Rupp era. What do you remember most about that? This Coach Rupp's last year? Yes. Well, actually, we started out preseason. We were ranked eighth in the SEC. So uh, that puts you in the middle. But still, Kentucky was Kentucky, and, and we still – we had some people, I felt, that were low-keyed but were much better ball, basketball players than people gave them credit for because there are two guards that played uh, most of the time were Ronnie Lyons and Stan Key, and I thought Stan Key was probably the most underrated guard in the SEC. He, he didn't do anything fancy. He was a good ball handler. He was, he was a, a – pretty good shooter and his points he never he never was going to just like go bang 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 and and make eight points in a row down the floor so he would kind of get it all through the game and do the things that he was supposed to do and help run in the basketball team and uh i, I think that was one of the major contributors to to us being successful and and as usual <laughs> Coach Hard commented, told me, he said, if you can hold Steve Downing under 15 points, we can beat them. I held him to 14 points. I think Steve Green got 35. (laughs) (laughs) And things, you just played regular season, and you had to win uh, more games than anyone else in the SEC to get in the NCAA tournament. And you won that final game the regular season, not in Lexington, but in Knoxville. In Knoxville. One point. Yep. We beat them. Beat them two points in Lexington and one point in Tennessee. So, did 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 you did you sense anything special, or did you see history being written as you played that last game at Memorial Coliseum, knowing that that was Rupp? I know a lot of the pictures showed him embracing players coming off the court near the end of the game. That you didn't see him embracing players too often coming off the court in the rest of his career. No, he uh, he was he was pretty much you just you just played and did what you were supposed to do. There wasn't much uh, 
cut up or anything around coach Rupp when he was around you were serious you you didn't didn't have much uh laughing or carrying on and things he was pretty serious most of the time when you were around him you went into the tournament that year you avenged the defeat you had in the consolation game the year before and you beat marquette and then you played florida state yeah we beat we beat marquette and actually um probably had less we were less talented than we were the year before. I'm not sure if the same, basically the same players were there for Marquette as well, but uh, we had uh, we had good games against them. And and as I remember, that's the first time that I know of that Coach Rupp maybe started a game that we actually started in a zone. We played a two-three zone, and because he come back in scouting reports and talked about it and said that they were not very good shooters outside. They didn't shoot the ball well outside. They had good players inside. They had big kid, Bob Lackey, and then Al McGuire's son. Ali McGuire was uh, one of the guards. And he wasn't, you know, he's a pretty good player, but not that good of a shooter. And uh, just felt that uh, they couldn't beat us if we could, uh, we could play better and stop them from scoring inside. Their outside shooting could not beat us. And, Actually, we beat them about 16 points, 17 points. And uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. remember what it was, how it was set up or where it was. They were favored and we were favored or what. But 85-69. So it was. And then, of course, the Florida State. The Florida, Florida State, uh, they had uh, – excellent talent they had mr basketball of kentucky with ron king and and then one of his teammates otto petty and uh they had another player roland garrett was a forward that was a good ball player the game before i don't remember who they played he garrett scored like 35 points and uh because that's who i've guarded uh, the that game and uh, we just they were they were too quick they shot the ball too well. Ron King. Ron King. I played a lot of ball with Ron King afterwards. He he was he was a good guard. He he could have played at UK instead of going to Florida State. I don't, I don't know if they recruited him or or whatever. He was he's kind of laid back. He's talking. He was a, he was a nice guy. We got along well. And that ended the career of Coach Adolph Rupp. And that was the ending of Larry Stamper's junior year. Oscar and Larry will continue their conversation in a few, but I want to invite you to oscarcombs.com in which you can always check back for updates on the Cats, full access to all of our podcasts, and where to follow the Cats in the NBA. You can also subscribe to Oscar's podcast through iTunes by clicking subscribe on oscarcombs.com slash podcasts. And make sure you follow Oscar on Twitter at Wildcat News for the latest on the Cats. Let's rejoin Oscar and Larry Stamper as we learn about the changeover from Coach Rupp Coach Hall. What was it like coming back to Lexington in the next week or two knowing that now you were squarely in the middle of a transition between the greatest coach in the history of the school and into a new era where there were uncharted waters? Well, myself, I was was disappointed. You know, I played basically three years under Coach Rupp, even though, you know, we played freshman ball. Coach Hall coached us as freshmen. But we played played all of our, our 
plays and different things that we did were coach rubs. And and I knew that going in, that that's what it was going to be. And I don't know if I thought about that so much when I went to UK that he wouldn't be coaching us, that he wouldn't coach me for four years. Uh, it, it was uh, – I like Coach Rupp myself. <laughs> he, uh, he was tough, but if you were tough, then you got an equal break with it, I think. Uh, what was the practice like? It was constant uh, play because of where, where you had learned all of the plays and stuff as freshmen that you didn't stand around and talk. And the only time that we talked was when uh, things weren't going too good. We weren't making shots or we weren't going maybe as hard as we should go or, or, or not executing as well as he felt as we should be executing. Then he would talk to us, but not very long, and say, I don't have much to do, and Esther doesn't have anything else to do tonight, so we'll just uh, pl- practice a lot longer. <laughs> Uh, but did typically, he, did he have we any superstitions more... that you were aware of? Oh yeah, I knew he was aware of uh, picking up bobby pins and 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 coins and things. And when he got out and walked before games and stuff, that assistant coaches and people would, or the manager would drop things so he could find them. What was, <laughs> what, what was did did you have a game day shoot around? What was that like? We would go in and, and shoot, and, and uh, we'd get taped. We'd always – he wouldn't let us go on the floor not being taped. Uh, didn't want anyone to just get hurt in any – you know, it's easy to get hurt. Uh, he'd tape it and go in. We would uh, shoot around walk through what people were going to do, the other teams, uh, what we were going to do. Uh, and then typically uh, – we, and typically, we knew what we were going to do because he'd been doing it ever since he'd been at UK. You know, we ran 6, 8, and 10, and uh, he ran the shuffle. He, he kind of, I think, kind of stole that from Auburn. We ran the same shuffle that they ran a long time ago. And uh, our shooting was, when we went in, you didn't talk, you shot and you'd rebound your own shots. You didn't have people rebound them, throw them back to you. You had to go and get it. That way you weren't standing or you weren't talking. And uh, he, he didn't, like I said, he didn't talk to you too much. He'd talk a little bit to you. He'd want you to be relaxed. And when you'd come and get dressed and stuff, you didn't, he'd say, get these bunks back in the training room. He'd say, you don't get out, get off your feet and go lay down or something. We get ready to go out. Your pregame meals. What did you have for pregame meals back then? Did he eat with you? No, he didn't eat with us. Uh, Coach Hall would come over sometimes. Sometimes he wouldn't. Uh, Claude Vaughn was set up our meals. Claude would come and, and make sure that all that was there. And then he, he Coach would show up most of the time because he, in those days we got tickets for the game tell rather us, than Tell passes. us how those tickets got handled. Actually, the they, were, they were handed to us from Coach Rupp or like someone that he sent. Or four or we whatever. got four four tickets for each game, and then if if some players messed up on certain aspects and stuff, that was one of the things for discipline. He would do. He would take tickets from them. And they wouldn't get their all four of their tickets. So no one messed up on a big game. Day. Well, you tr- you tried not to. You you messed up at some other point in time <laughs> through the week. You could lose that, and. uh 
our meals consist of uh, we would we would have steak, and then our at, at our meal before before the game we'd have filet mignon, and uh, no baked potatoes or anything like that. But then uh, always have ice cream, and I, actually we all kind of became uh, we'd eat ice cream and put honey on it, so get a lot of quick energy and stuff from the honey. And that was uh, basically what we would have. Do you remember the last road trip you made under Coach Rupp? I guess that's the trip that to was, Dayton. That was to Dayton. Uh, I do. Uh, actually, after our game against Florida State, when we came back home, that's one of the times we flew We flew up in, a, I think it was like a Martin 404 propelled airplane. It held, I don't know, about anywhere from 50 to 60 people and uh they were they were pretty safe airplanes and stuff we got in the air taking off from Dayton and stuff and I walked up and talked to the pilot and co-pilot and and just looked at out the window and stuff and looked over Cincinnati and it was clear and and uh I, I remember everything pretty calm i mean uh people were disappointed but but uh did did he take uh, his wife esther and son herky on that last trip or do you recall i don't recall that uh she may have she she went did she with go on the trip very much she, no but he she'd go some but uh, then he had some uh friends and stuff that would go miss miss mr and mr lutes i don't remember her ben first lutes name or something and uh, uh, Reardon's. Steve Reardon's. Steve, yeah. Steve, Steve would go sometimes, and his parents, they would, they would go. So now you're through your junior year, getting ready for your senior year. You got a new coach, a new program. Um, How does summer go in between those two? Well, we <laughs> – through the summer and stuff, we did we didn't have anything in particular that we that we did. You know, we just had to come back. Wanted you to, he wanted you to come back in shape, pretty much. So uh, I stayed in Lexington and we'd play, do different things like that. And then we had school started back and stuff. We went into our training and we'd go to the track and run run the track and then we'd lift weights, do different things because. Coach Hall wanted to put in more of the training than than had been put in before, which he put in. He got Coach Rupp and and uh, Issel and those guys put in when we first came to to UK, and then he put he put it in to where it was more more strenuous to uh, do different things and expectations because when we were juniors, every day we played against. The freshmen, which was Greavy and Guyette and Jimmy Dan Connor and Mike Flynn and those guys, Jerry Hale, G.J. Smith, and so on. The new era with Joe B. starts, and Joe B. starts it off by trying to sort of form a different kind of a relationship with the media. And up until that time, the locker rooms were never open except during the tournament for the players and the media, and he opened them up. Do you recall anything significant about the change in that or not? Not, not so much in in that. Uh, 
he, you know, I guess players did talk more to the media and stuff. But, uh, yeah, the only time that uh, that we talked to him, like when we were, like we'd played the year before when we'd played, beat Marquette and stuff, I was at the podium in, in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I don't remember on the Florida State game when we got beat whether he let any of us go out. <laughs> and uh, it it changed because – the expectations that he had and, and stuff of the the group that, that came in as freshmen, uh, he, he wanted to change it. And, and he wanted to establish his own identity as, as being a coach. You know, he was following a legendary coach, and he wanted to make his mark on the, on the U.K. basketball and put the stamp of approval for people and different things. So it – it was, I'm sure, very difficult for him as, as well as for some of the players and stuff. You know, I, I mean, I I was still considered, you know, one of Coach Ruff's players, and Andrews was, and so was Ronnie Lyons. Uh, and then he had his group of players that was Greavy and Connors and Flynn and, and that group. So, you know, it, it put it a, a little bit disadvantaged, but they – Everybody still liked everybody. He got off a little bit of rocky starts. You opened up the season that year with a win over Michigan State, and then you lost three straight, Iowa, Indiana, and North Carolina. What was the mood like? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't remember all of it. I, I don't think I was too happy. I wasn't getting to play a whole lot. It, that's one reason why I didn't like some of it. <laughs> and – uh you know, coming off of seasons a year before, a- averaged a double-double. And uh, I hadn't had any injuries and still – but but still, whenever things would come to push and shove, uh, we went up against certain people. Then if they were good offensive players, then I got assignments to garden these people because of the experience and, and – uh, things that I'd done in the past on some of the people I guarded. So well, you got, you got things turning around about the middle of the SEC season and you, you run off and look, look like about a 10 in one stretch run down to the end there, become SEC champions, got into regional and you went to Nashville. And we played Austin P Austin P in Indiana. And then Indiana played some played decent against Austin P. I had I had ten points. Actually, I scored the last six points of the game. We beat them a hundred and six to a hundred. Uh, and uh, that was must have been the only assist that Greavy had that year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then uh, we play Indiana, and Indiana still has uh, a guy by the name of Steve Downing and Ricky. Uh, uh, I don't, know, I don't know if it's Green. It's Green, the last yeah. name, but I can't remember the first name. So, because we, when we had played them at Indiana, I I started the game in Indiana, and I guarded Steve Downing at Indiana. And uh, <laughs> Coach Hard commented, told me, he said, if you can hold Steve Downing under 15 points, we can beat them. I held him to 14 points. I think Steve Green got 35 <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you were one of the last ones, not the last one, but one of the last ones to play your entire career at Memorial Coliseum. Never got to play in, in an actual game at 
erupt, even though I think you did play in a charity. Yeah, I played one charity thing that they had. Um, Tell us what you remember most about the Coliseum that makes it so special that people that come along after 76 never got to witness. I think it was uh, when you when you went out on the floor to, to I mean you went out on the floor to practice it was it was there and it was a good place to practice it was it was a good place to play and and the opponents hated to come and play because we had beaten them so many times there but the feel of it but when you came out and you had uh, about 10,500 people is what it held at that time that when you came out there and the closeness of the people, you you were close to them. You were close enough to them. You could actually speak to somebody, and uh, it wasn't like you you were looking at tables and stuff when you'd come out at, at Rupp Arena, and uh, in the crowd you might see somebody or if you knew where they were at, but you just didn't find them. But uh, the closeness and, and stuff that, that people were on the floor, you would – you would see them, you'd notice them, you'd know where they were at, and uh, uh, that was that was a great feeling to be there. That was home. What What do you remember most about going on the road in the SEC? What who, Where were some of your favorite road arenas, and some you just did soon never see again in your life? I think Florida has to be the worst. And we now that's old Alligator that, Alley. That was the old one. I mean, they had. They'd have PE class going on when we had the ball game going on. They'd have PE class going on because they had a curtain somewhat that separated the 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 basketball game and and the uh, and the rest of the gymnasium and uh, and and those were close. I mean, the bleachers were right there. When you take the ball out on the side, you were right there with with the the fans. So. That that was the worst place, and it was it was tough to win. So I guess it was kind of like them coming into uh, Memorial Coliseum. Was the biggest arena in the South at that time maybe Vanderbilt that you played in? I well, I, I played at LSU, and I think LSU did they have Alabama, the new one at that time? Or LSU not? did, and Alabama okay, did. Yeah. So Alabama had, and they had the tar- both of them had tartan floors. Yeah. So Alabama had like fifteen thousand theater right. type seats. Right. All, all of them. You mean LSU? Alabama did. You had too. Alabama, yeah. And and LSU did with the purple and all different colors. Yeah, about two or three different per- mixed. Well, you know the reason they had those different colors, don't you? They only had about half full on TV. It looked like it's full. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they, how difficult was Stokely for you? That was a that was that was a tough place to play. We 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 struggled a few times there playing, but then we won sometimes that it really counted. And that, and that's that's uh, and then when it's all kind of over and done, and, and and I was out of school and things when we played these things, and I'd say, well, I I done something that uh, nobody else can ever do again. And that was I played for eight offer up. <laughs> and I played at Memorial Coliseum, and that's other than the women playing there now. You're not, you might see them play a game, but they're not going to be there. And uh, though, over the years, that's that's uh, you did when you're out and stuff, and you kind of get to where you wonder, man, it's gone. You know, it's gone. It's over. It's done. 
some some ways I'm kind of I'm happy about it, and some ways I'm gonna miss it. But uh, life goes on. Are you still a big fan of the game, or are you one of these who I've had my time? I'm. I'm a spectator now. I I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm a great spectator. I don't know if I'm a great fan. I, I love Kentucky basketball. I, I like it better. I like college basketball better than any sport. I never played baseball. I never played basketball or football. Uh, any other sport that that was my game. I was when when I decided that's what I was going to do. I became dedicated to it. And and actually, I at this day, last night I went to the YMCA and played half court basketball with some friends of mine. Uh, so it it is a game that has been something of mine and up you know very few people I, I are 66 years old and can still maybe go and play some or say they don't have cuts on their knees to where they've had surge knee surgeries or their ankles or hips or or shoulders or anything else that's pretty unique so i'm i'm a critic I, uh, I'm excited about them winning. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, the, the game, the way, the way it's changed, uh, and things because I, I feel, and I'm, I'm excited about the way some people has played and the way people that play now, you know, when, when you have skills, uh, you know, you, anyone can play a sport if they're overwhelmed with talent. You can play a sport. But if you have skills for a particular sport, then I notice things like that. Do you get a larger sense of achievement, gratification from basketball being a team sport rather than an individual sport like boxing or wrestling? or tennis well i i think yeah i think i think it has to be you have to have uh other players or people on your team that it's got to be kind of like a well-run machine that every working part works together and if it doesn't you're not successful yourself i mean i i can take a pl- another player and make the other player look bad based on the way that I play. Because you'll wonder whether he can catch the ball or or do different things or just make a pick the wrong way or different things like that. But if you do the things you're supposed to do, you can make him better, he can make you better. It's and been a few years since you played, but when someone brings up your name on a, say, a radio call-in show or just a conversation at a local uh restaurant what do you hope that they think of you about the most that i i i played with uh energy that uh i i know i know i wasn't the most skilled because uh, very few people get to play three year of basketball and go to a major university so I know I wasn't as skilled. 
I, I wasn't as skilled a shooter that I was. When I was 27 years old, I felt like I had played in the NBA because I had played enough then. You know, and kids that go in and play now has played numerous years when they get to UK, let alone after they stay there a while or then go somewhere else. And uh, I want to be that I that I was a contributing factor that uh, that we were we all as a team were successful, and uh, I'm humbled and it's gratifying to have been a part a small part a very small part of something that is so big now that i i couldn't have even imagined when i first picked a basketball up thank you thank you Larry, we know you could guard Kosmoski at Tennessee. We know you had sharp elbows. We know you could rebound because you had 18 two different times. But where did you learn the recipe for banana pudding, and what do you really put in it when you make it? Now, if I had to tell you that, like that old certain phrase is, you might have to kill you afterwards. <laughs> no, it's no secret to making banana pudding. There's not much to it. It's just that you've got to do certain things at certain times when you make it. And my mother, her banana pudding, I loved it. So I asked her before she passed away, I said, I want to know how you make banana pudding. She says, I don't have a recipe. And my youngest sister, which was her right hand for her. She says, I'll fix you a recipe. I know how she makes it. And the first couple that I made, I threw away because of getting it in the right time. But I must be doing something correct because I think it was this past week, uh, Mike uh, goes, do you need any help getting the banana pudding out? (laughs) At the church, at the rock, they kind of like it when they lick the pan. And, and uh, Miss Gentry said she was never going to make it as long as I would bring it to church. 